0: On fourth and inches podcast listeners, you got Dan, Kevin, Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, fellas?
1: What's going on, everybody?
0: What's up? Good evening, guys. All right, so uh, today we're going to get in some, some news, but first, uh, don't forget to check out the website at www.fourthandinchesff.com as www. the number four, T H N I N C H E S F F.com. For a bunch of content, you got articles, blogs, player profiles, and you can subscribe to our draft guide, which features the decision maker, which is a tiered out guideline for three different drafting styles. You got one for your risky drafter, your conservative drafter, and you got one and you got the tweener, which is basically a mix of both. The draft guide also features the cheat codes down of every team's stats from last year is a great tool to prepare for your drafts and it's the same tool we use to give you information on the podcast so check that out and also look for us on the fantasy life app we'll be doing start sick questions throughout the year and we are looking into doing a keeper question segment before the year starts on there as well we actually got to get on that because uh that new year is coming and uh if you're listening make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five star uh, rating and Don't be afraid to drop some comments in there, too, guys, and give us some feedback on, you know, things we can improve on, things you like about the podcast. You know, uh, hit us up and give us a little bit of feedback, too. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the news for today. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right. So, first and foremost, Tom Brady signed a three-year extension. Um, this guy's going to play forever. Uh, Tom Brady is, you know, not guy being drafted, you know, really too high this year. So, we're not going to get into Brady too much. You kind of know what he is. Uh, Deontay Foreman was released by the Texans. Today, he was actually picked up by the, the Colts. Um, this, I think, is a re- re- little bit relevant for fantasy. What do you think this does to Lamar Miller stock?
1: I definitely think it's gonna go up, but I don't fucking
0: want Lamar Miller on my fantasy team.
1: Yeah, you know I mean it's just I'm hoping that by the time he starts to go I already have my running backs at that point that I don't need him. You know, if I get him as a you know, a flex or a bench player, I'd be more happy. But, you know, I don't think it really changes that he is not a very good fantasy producer. You know, I think he's a better real NFL player than he is a fantasy player and I just don't want him on my fantasy team.
2: Yeah, kind of agreement. I mean, we none of us are really high on Lamar Miller. I do think that he does benefit. You know, I mean, we we all are high on the Texans being a very powerful offense, making big, uh, you know, winning games, maybe bit by blowouts, and he, if they're going to score, they're not going to do everything by air, so they're going to have to have somebody score some running touchdowns, and him being the, the solid number one right now with not even a guy – really pushing to take the job like we all thought Foreman could, it's definitely going to be much more relevant for uh, fantasy owners of Lamar Miller.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious what, this, what the Texans are doing at their running back position. Um, you know, Obviously, they, they must love Lamar Miller because he's been very, very average at best, and he's making a lot of money, and they have nobody else behind him. I mean that we that we really know of i mean i've heard i know they got taiwan jones there he was a he was seemed like a scat back from the raiders so you know no like i said nobody that's really threatening lamar miller for a job and today they actually said they weren't interested in trading for for melvin gordon so you know who knows <laughs> what they're doing there but for as far as lamar miller is concerned you know his stock can go up all that does is clear clear things up for me because it's one less spot I got to worry about a guy actually taking a pick that I want to make. Um, as far as Foreman, do you? He's he's just I think he's just competing for that backup job with Jonathan Wilkins. This isn't hitting Marlon Mack.
1: Nah, no, yeah, I mean, I think they just, you know, I think with Jordan Wilkins play last year, he actually didn't play too bad, but I think they just felt like, you know, some competition behind Mack. If if Mac were to go down, I think would be you know, better. So, you know, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see how that pans out. But you know, I mean, obviously the the Colts are gonna have to cut cut somebody. Somebody's got to go. It's just too many running backs in that backfield now. You know, Spencer Ware already asked for his release and all that. So, you know, we'll see who else gets cut from that team.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, Mack, Hines and Mac are already solidified in their roles. I think so. I don't. I don't know if uh, you know
2: Foreman's even relative right now in fantasy until you actually see what they put out for the 53-man roster. I mean, maybe they're they're taking a flyer on him. And the reason that we um, the reason that we were a little bit high on Foreman is because you know we thought that he had potential to to possibly make a uh, push for that starting job in te- in uh in Houston with Lamar Miller's you know bad performances last year. But this isn't going to be the case in Indy. They're they're definitely a uh, they're set in, you know they're set with Max. So Right now, it's just to give them some death. Maybe, like you said, have a have a uh a little competition in the back of backfield.
0: All right. So, uh, of course, we know about the Damian Williams hamstring. Um, Andy Reid discussing this, sounding you know supposedly sounded a little frustrated. Um, we get our news off the Fantasy Life waiver, our Fantasy Life news wire. So, you know, that's how I'm basically giving you the news. So they were saying that that. Andy Reid sounded a little frustrated when talking about Damon Williams. And at the same time, he also was, you know, saying that Carlos Hyde looked really good in, you know, picking up the slack for for Williams injury. Um I think he's gotta
2: I think he's gotta say something positive either way. He can't just be like, you know, David, you know, be out there with, with a slouchy personality and then say like, well, we're we're fucked. <laughs> you know, like
0: my thing with Andy Reed though is that Andy Reid is always he's always more of a truth teller. He doesn't, he doesn't bullshit you. He kind of gives it to you straight. And when you got a guy like Damon Williams, who has never really showed that he could be that guy. And then Carlos Hyde, who is at one point or one point, a first round fantasy pick. So you can show that, you know, he has talent and, you know, can be a good player in the NFL. You know, I, I could definitely see how Carlos Hyde might, you know, creep up into, you know, Damian Williams work once Damian Williams is healthy. Yeah, can we only, we only really heard one sentence out of Andy Reid for
2: 15 years in Philly, which was, I got to do a better job. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know what to really read from Andy Reid when he talks because basically all we know is he's got to do a better job.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's still a wait and see. I think, you know, they the news is going to just. Literally these fucking guys just get paid to throw shit out there. And I know Andy Reid, what Andy Reid said today, I, you know, I read it too. But to me, it was just a coach that's frustrated that it wants his guy out there. You know what I mean? I didn't read any more really into it than that. You know, a guy who's, who's frustrated and wants to, you know, get his, get his starting running back out there for practice. So, you know, I'm not going to read anything further into it until, you know, A week or two down the road that he's still not practicing then then i'll be worried about it but right now you know i i think i just think he's the most talented guy that they have in that backfield right now and they're gonna they're gonna ride him like he said
0: all right uh dk metcalf uh was hurt the other day um what did he injure he injured his He was held out of practice for after suffering a strained oblique he practiced Um, today Did he practice today and he's expected to play third day in uh, the preseason
2: game. So I think that, I don't know what speed he was at today, but they, they're pretty much, I think they're just giving him the green light.
1: Yeah. I actually was watching NFL network a little bit ago. I seen him out there running routes and catching balls and going deep. So I don't, I don't, it didn't look. All right.
0: Pete Carroll says, Chris Carson still looks like the best running back in camp. Uh, Oh no! I'm sorry, not Pete Carroll, according to Michael Sean Dugger of The Athletic. Chris Carson continues to look like the best running back on the Seahawks roster. I don't think there's anything we don't know already. Um, so let's get into some stuff from today. Uh, Cardinal signed Michael Crabtree. Uh, any interesting Crabtree?
1: It depends on... For me it depends on if he starts running with the runs, you know, within the next week or so. If he starts running with, you know, Larry Fitz and and all those guys, you know, in, in as the number 2 wide receiver, then yeah, I would have I definitely would have uh some interest in Michael Crabtree. To me that just kind of lets me know that uh you know, maybe they think either Fitz is slowing down or or you know, they want to get some competition in there I don't know exactly what that signing did because we all know Christian Kirk you know is is a good receiver um you know Andy Isabella injury maybe I don't I don't I don't know exactly how you know what what's going on but you know I guess we'll just have to see
0: I think the I think it's the offense just runs with more four wide receivers set so if you're able to put Kirk and Isabella in the slot and then put Fitz and Crabtree on the outside, I mean, Crabtree is, he's still a good receiver. Even last year, he just had, he was in Baltimore. You know, he had Lamar Jackson and we, we've talked about what his passing was last year. Um, still got, got a hundred targets, you know, in, in the season. So to me, if, you know, Crabtree is, you know, still in shape, He's probably going to be a very solid option outside, of you know, on the outside. As long while they have Fitzgerald in the outside and Kirk and Isabella in the slot, which are two quick receivers, which is what this offense is made of. I really like this signing. I don't know how good it'll be for his for fantasy or for his numbers, but I definitely think it adds another weapon to that arsenal. It probably works out better for for Kyler Murray than anyone, me.
1: Yeah, I mean, and really thinking about, I guess, I guess the biggest, uh, you know. Person that it affects is Hakeem Butler. You know, what I mean, I think that that kind of shows how you know how happy they are with his progression. I I, I think that they don't think he's anywhere close to being an NFL player right now, and maybe he needs to progress. So they said, you know what, we'll bring in Crabtree, and maybe he can help the young kid out. You know, but other than that, I you know. Well, like you said, I don't think Crabtree is really all that relevant unless we find out in camp. He is definitely going to be the number two, you know, guy running, you know, running a lot of routes.
2: Yeah, I don't really know what to make out of this uh, this signing right now because, I mean, I, I I had Crabtree last year and he he actually wasn't horrible. I mean, he was just in that he was in that area where I wanted to start him. Because he was putting together games here or there, but he never had those monster games, and that's kind of been like Crabtree's career. You know, I mean, he shines at times, but I just think he's been dealt a shitty card. He really hasn't had like a quarterback that has been that he's ever had a rapport with, except maybe his rookie season, um, or his in San Fran's rookie season. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I mean, just he's been slightly above average, so. I don't know if they're bringing them in, like you guys said, you know, to, to help out with the young guys, to give the young guys a, a push in the air saying like, you know, this is competition. Let's 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 try to you know play up to it. So definitely a wait and see on that. But uh, I think it's I think it's a good fit. I mean, the more the more veteran presence you can put around a young quarterback, definitely the better.
0: Boston Sports Journals Greg Bedard reports wide receiver Jacoby Myers is Tom Brady's favorite target among Patriots receivers. I don't think this is relevant uh, at all so, you know we know Julian Edelman is going to be his favorite target when he's healthy.
2: And Julian Edelman's probably sitting there chugging Gatorade and walking up and down the sidelines so Brady's throwing this to fours and fives you know today because obviously you know I mean we're just, it's, it's just that's just news like we're saying they're just they're, they're reaching for something.
0: The Athletics Jeff Howe reports Sony Michelle is beating man coverage and finding soft spots in zones as a pass catcher at Patriots camp. Steve, how do you feel?
1: <laughs> how do I feel? I, I still am not high on Sony. I just nothing that's gonna come out of camp is gonna change my mind that I think Sony is uh you know, is going to be the bell cow there. I just don't think you sign a third round rookie to, you know, To sit the bench. You know what I mean? So, and to me, he's not not going to be taking away from James White. So, to me, it doesn't change anything. I just, you know, I think if you are high on Sony, you know, that news made you happy. And if you're not high on Sony, then it really didn't do anything for you.
2: Yeah, Sony Michelle. Last year he was on the field. They, I think they said for like sixty-five percent of the offensive plays. And obviously, you know, Wade was on there for thirty. So, but Do you know how many targets Sony Michelle had last year? Take a guess how many targets Sony Michelle had.
1: It was like I know it was like something ridiculous. It was like eight or something ridiculous.
2: Ele- Eleven. Yeah, the I know something 11 ridiculous. Eleven targets. That's that's almost impossible. That means you literally have no no idea how to move out of the backfield and and check down or create any kind of, you know, open lane for yourself in the passing game. I mean, you have, that's just, I mean, I don't, I'm sure that third downs are bringing James White in every single play, but th- you got to have some kind of disguise. That's just, that is so one-dimensional. I, that's, to me, that's why Sony Michelle is not even close to my radar. I mean, we saw for years that Adrian Peterson was pretty much the most one-dimensional player in the NFL, you know, running back in the NFL, but the guy was putting up 2,000-yard season, so, you know, and 15 touchdowns. He didn't need him to catch the ball. He was putting up more, you know, way bigger stats than any two-dimensional running back in the league. But, yeah, I mean, SOTY's so got to give you more than that. So, I mean, with 11 targets, I don't care if he's catching every ball out of the backfield all all preseason. I'm, he's still not – it's not going to translate to the game. And James White is not coming off the field on third downs because
0: the dude gets 120 targets. NJ.com reports Miles Sanders has easily been the most impressive runner through Eagles' first 10 training camp practices. Dan, go ahead. I saw, him, I saw him today. Field pass
2: on the Eagles. And I texted you guys while I was there. And I said that I'll give you my, i give you exactly what I said in text. I said that uh, you know, you can't gauge what kind of I mean, I saw Sudfeld throwing the ball as hard, you know, as hard as you can trying to throw darts. You can't gauge. What the ball looks like coming out of Carson's hands unless you're physically 20, 30 feet from him, because it is as impressive and ridiculous as anything I've ever seen. Um, as far as uh, you know, some of the other guys, I saw Aguilar drop a couple balls in the end zone. Deshaun Jackson was, not, he looked like he was running half speed and still faster than everybody else out there. Um, JJ dropped one and caught one on on some out routes in the end zone. they were using his size um jordan howard looked pretty big and slow and then Miles sanders was getting a ton of work and rightfully so he looked he looked like he was ready to explode game one you know i mean they looked like they could hit the ball 30 times a game and he would be fine he was he was incredible i didn't see a whole lot of alshon alshon was just kind of like walking up and down the sidelines he didn't look he wasn't hurt he was just laughing with guys that just I don't know if you, needed a, if you played, you know, went hard last night's practice and just needed a breather because it was 80-some 80 degrees, 85 degrees out. But that was my takeaway of, of uh, training camp for the Eagles today.
0: All right. Let's skip over that one. We don't need to talk about that one. The Athletics' Mark Kaboli reports that Jalen Samuels has seen a significant part of the offense so far in Steelers camp. None of us have been very high on James Conner, and if this is an indication of what could come, I think we'll be still enjoying and we'll be liking how we're all feeling about James Conner because there's a lot of people that are high on him and we are not those people. Uh... Chicago Tribune considers Trey Burton unlikely to play in the preseason. Um, this has no real effect on Trey Burton, you know, on fantasy. I mean, Trey Burton's a guy going in later rounds. And, you know, he's kind of a dart throw tight end. And if he's not playing in the preseason, maybe he's less, of a, less likely to wind up on your team. So, with that being said, we are going to get into our exercise for the night. We are picking... Mary's going to pick five guys, uh, five guys that we think will blow up and five guys that we think uh, might be a little be being drafted too high and could be bust. Um, and if we have guys on opposite ends of the spectrum, we are going to stop the program and debate it on the spot. So with that being the case, let's start it. All right, so, uh, all right, so this is how we'll do it. We'll give one guy we're on, one guy we like, one guy we don't like, and move to the next guy. Dan, um, I'll start with you. Give me one guy you like, one guy you don't like.
2: Uh, let me grab. Uh, I'll start with the guy I like. We talked about him. I don't know if it was the last podcast or a podcast before that, but we got uh, Leonard Fournette. I'm really huge on him this year. I think. Um, I think he definitely goes back to. Um, that, you know, first round production, but you're getting them in the third round, uh, draft spot. So I'm huge on Leonard Fournette this year. I think that Jacksonville not having really any receiving cores, you know, we don't know what DD is going to be. I mean, they're, they're, they're big on him, but he's a young guy. So, I mean, there's no veterans on that team. Uh, the defense is super, super highly rated. Uh, and I think they're just going to be a ground and pound offense. So that's my one guy that I, like and one guy that I don't like, I will go with. So, got my list here. I... Adam Thielen. We'll start with him because I know we got I me. Mean, I know we got a debate coming up soon, but we'll just we'll get a couple words out. So we'll go with Adam Thielen. It's no surprise that I picked him. I'm much bigger on digs this year. Um, loved the way that Thielen started, especially since Kirk Cousins was my quarterback last year. I love the way Thielen started the season, but I was not. He just he, he basically showed his true colors and and came back down to earth and played like a average receiver at the end of the you know middle to end of the year and because he started so good his his draft spot is inflated and I I, I think that uh you know I think his his counterpart Diggs is 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 as better as a better
0: talent so those are my two backs. all right Steve go ahead next.
1: All right, so guy, first guy that I liked, I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Uh, for me, Cam Newton is going in round nine, which to me is stealing. You know what I mean? When Cam Newton plays all 16 games, he is basically a top five or six quarterback every single year. He's finished the number one quarterback. Uh, you know, he has the best weapons he's ever had as a passer, you know what I mean, this year. He's got Christian McCaffrey, who you know is is probably top two most dangerous player out of the backfield in the whole league. You know, I think that Greg Olson, you know, from everything that everybody's been saying that he looks, you know, rejuvenated after basically, you know, a down two past two years. You know, he went, I think it was like five years without an injury. And then the past two years, you know, that foot, that broken, you know, broken foot has just been really fucking with him. But... You know, I think if he can stay healthy and this offense, you know, continues to be healthy this year, the sky's the limit for what Cam could end up Cam could end up doing this year. He could end up being a top three fantasy quarterback and you're getting him as like the ninth or tenth quarterback drafted. You know, I've seen him drop as low as to round eleven. You know, what I mean, in our draft actually I did today on Yahoo. He he went in the eleventh round, which I thought was insane. But you know Cam is just Cam is Cam Cam is going to do his thing before he got hurt last year before week 11 and he got you know hit by uh um you know TJ Watt he was he was playing awesome he was he was playing really well and uh you know he was a top 3 guy so i i i love Cam the guy that i dislike I'm going to go with Eric Ebron as my first. He's my number five. Uh, Eric Ebron just – he's just – he's the ninth quarterback – I mean, the eighth tight end off the board. He's going off the board in round seven. Just, I don't know. For me, that's way too early for Eric Ebron. There's four or five tight ends I'd rather have over Eric Ebron. Honestly, Eric Ebron is not even in my top 12 anymore. I actually moved him out of my top 12 You know, with a healthy Jack Doyle. I just don't see how Eric Ebron, you know, puts up anywhere close to what he had last year and, you know, not a guy that I'm I'm drafting on any of my teams really. You know, I think if you take Eric Ebron as the, you know, he's going anywhere from 6 to 8. He's basically the 6th from the 6th tight end taken off the board to the 8th tight end taken off the board. And uh, you know, the range if you look at fantasy calculator uh, fantasy football calculator they actually give you a range on where they're going like at the high end and at the low end at the high end the dude is going in the fourth round he's been drafted this week in the fourth round by somebody and then his low end is round 11 so you know i just i agree with the round 11 assessment and i'm just not taking him.
0: all right so my first guy to the lake is carson wentz uh, currently going in the, at the first pick in the eighth round is where Carson Wentz is being drafted. If you guys remember two years ago, Carson Wentz was the MVP of the league. Um, he literally was tearing it up at the end of week 12. He got hurt in week 13 through week 12. He was the number two overall quarterback at that point. Um, guys got easily has top five upside if he stays healthy. Um, And that's what you're kind of looking for in this. And, you know, that's what we're really talking about in this segment is, you know, guys who have that upside to blow up and help your team win, help your team win fantasy games. And Carson Wentz in the eighth round as the, let's see, what number quarterback as the eighth quarterback being taken, you know. I like him more than Drew Brees, who's going before him. I like him more than Matt Ryan, who's going before him. I like him more than Baker Mayfield, who's going before him. And I believe I like him more than Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, he's got the best receivers, best weapons on the outside that he's ever had. He's never had weapons like this. Um, he's got, to me, you know, a better running game behind him. I like Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, you know, better than what I like LeGarrette Blunt and, and Jay Ajayi. For me, you know, Carson Wentz has the ability to win people a bunch of fantasy leagues this year, um, going in the eighth round, and a guy I do not like. Uh, I'm just going to piggyback off you guys so that we can keep it simple. Eric Ebron, same exact reason. Uh, to me, Eric Ebron is a a candidate for an extreme regression. He had an unbelievable amount of touchdowns last year that I don't think is he will be able to repeat. Um, he's going in at the sixth, I believe the 12th picks in the sixth round. It is no, I'm sorry. He's fourth pick in the seventh round. So I'm a little behind there. Fourth pick in the seventh round He's the eighth tight end being taken. And like Steve, I actually have him at number 13 overall. And I like Jack Doyle more than him. Who's on his own team and not even being drafted in most leagues. So yeah, Eric Ebron is definitely not going to be on my team. And a guy I think is an extreme bust.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll just touch real quick on the Ebron thing. I know Steve mentioned ran off a whole bunch of stats when we when we talked about him death a little bit ago. But I read it; they, they mentioned it today that when he when him and Jack Doyle were on the team together playing, he had less than half the targets that he was getting after Jack Doyle went down. Less than half, and I think they said it through you know before Dad Doyle got hurt, he he had huh? some something like eight or nine catches. I mean, the guy really got zero love from luck until until Doyle went down. So, I mean, who's to say that when, you know, it didn't, it didn't pan out the the beginning of the season when they were both in there. Why is it all? I mean, just because they built a rapport when Jack Doyle got hurt, does that mean that it's going to carry over? I mean, I guess we'll see, but I'm, I'm with you guys too on that. I'm just, the more I look at that, 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 uh you know, combination, the more I'm not a, a big fan, but moving on to my second player, um, I'm going to go with the Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman. Um really not a lot needs to be said about Edelman and he's he's not yeah he got hurt 2 years ago which crushed a lot, you know, crushed a lot of his uh his his stats for first career because he was just super consistent and then he obviously missed the first four year four games last year and he was dropping but when this dude plays he is a target machine. I mean, he he is 12, 13 targets for Edelman is a very, very low game. I mean, he, he's constantly out there. It seems like just always, always making plays. And I just, I'm, um, I think he's going to be the, you know, by far, um, Brady's number one guy to go to. And, and I think, uh, he's, he's going to outperform his ADP. He's going to be, he's going to have a, a really good year if he stays healthy. Um, uh, somebody that I am down on is I'm going to go with a, uh, I got two of two players on this team. So I'll start with a quarterback uh, and I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes and I'm not down on him as a player in any way. I'm just, if it's going strictly off of where they're being drafted, I think third round for a second year player is just too much for me. Um, we talk about how the, uh, you know, the range from we talk about how the range from, in quarterbacks from first to even like 10th is nowhere close in stats as it is from, you know, first to 10th in running backs or receivers, you know, you're getting him in the third round you got somebody else going in the eighth round and they're, they're significantly closer in stats at the end of the year than your third round running back and your eighth round running back. So, um, for me, I just, I think Patrick Mahomes, well, does have a great year. I don't think he has as good of a year as last year. That's really hard to duplicate. So, but just based on draft position, I think you can get a better value in that third round. All right, Steve.
1: So my second set of guys is sorry about that. My phone closed on me. But uh Kiki QT is my next guy. I for me Kiki is uh, I don't know how to I He is just one of those dudes that is going really late. He's going as late as round 11. And I don't think people realized how good he was last year when he played. He was hurt a lot. You know what I mean? When you look at his his stats from last year, he missed a bunch of games. So, you know, he missed week 17, 16, 15, 14, 13. You know, he missed whatever, those five games in a row. He got hurt in the Tennessee game. He only played, I think, the first quarter. Then he got hurt. He was out. But against Washington, he had a 5-for-77 game. Then he missed the two games prior to that. Then in against Jacksonville, he had a 1-for-3 game. That was his worst game of the season. And against Buffalo, who was the best pass defense in football last year, he was 3-for-33. But then he played against Indy. He was 11-for-109 for with 15 targets in that game. Uh, the very next week against Dallas, which was another good passing you know, defense, he was six for 51 on a touchdown in that game. He had 17.3 fantasy points in a PPR league. You know, to me, Kiki Cutie is a guy that is being extremely undervalued. And I understand the, you know, the injuries scare people or whatever. But if this dude plays all 16 games, he has a hundred catch upside. He really does. You know, playing in this offense with a quarterback that, does get the ball out of his hands quickly when he sees a guy open. You know, it's not like, you know, Watson is, you know, we all have him as a top three, you know, quarterback this year. I've been saying this for weeks now. You know, I think all three of these receivers are top 24 viable. And for a guy that you're getting in the 11th round, I think that could be, you know, if you're, especially if you're hurting at wide receiver, you know, I would definitely even pull him in the 10th round if I could. I mean, just to, just to get him, you know, when the the fire is hot, you know what I mean. You don't because guess what? In the preseason, if he's running around catching balls, looking good, he's gonna start moving up your rank. He's gonna start moving up the the ADP boards. So you know, definitely a guy that I want on my fantasy team because you know I don't see him being drafted before round nine. So I love Kiki this year. Um, the guy that I am down on is Devonte Freeman. He's my number four. Um, Devonte just the injuries are just it. The past two season, he's just been really banged up. Uh, this offensive line, you know, he they signed two rookies, which I know everybody is like, oh, that's gonna really, really improve this offensive line, but I don't know that yet. You know, um, Matt Ryan is uh, I, he's another guy that I have on this list, but you know, and I'll get to him when I get to him. But I just think I think that. Devonte Freeman has a chance of being very limited, a lot more limited than people are giving him credit. I think people are are assuming he's going to come back and be the guy he was 3 years ago, and I don't think that's the case at all. I definitely think that it's going to be a running back by committee in that in that in that system. You know, I don't think that they think that Devonte can carry a workload the way that I think some fantasy analysts are pumping him up to and I, he just makes me super nervous and he's going in the third round and I just, I'm not taking him in the third round period. I mean, if he drops to the fifth round, I might think about him, but if he, in the third round, there's no way. So, all right. So
0: first guy on my list, our next guy on my list, I should say of guys I like, uh, are Mark Ingram. And I want to stop you right there because
2: Mark Ingram is actually on my list of guys that I'm not so high on. So, Da yes.
1: yeah. We got a debate. <laughs> uh, let's
2: get ready to rumble! I guess we got to like you know it's Kev's turn. so We got to let him speak his piece, and then I will. Uh, I will come back with my uh,
0: retorts. Yeah, we'll start with the guys. We'll start whoever. If we have a debate, we'll start with the the person who likes, and then the person who dislikes can follow round one fight all right so my my feeling on the on mark ingram is this uh the ravens last year ran the ball 547 times they had a 50 50 run pass ratio um probably the only team in the nfl to do that in this day and age because i don't this is such a passing league everybody's you know way more pass oriented this team was 50 50 last year with lamar jackson so if you take away 200 of those 547 carries and give them to Lamar Jackson, 200 I feel like is a high number as well. So I'm giving the high number. You still have 347 carries to distribute to a guy that they just signed in the first round or a guy that they just signed off of uh, the Saints and a guy that they drafted, I believe Justice Hill was what, in the fifth round, fourth round, somewhere around there? Um, what? Three? Four. Fourth. Yeah, so Justice Hill got drafted in the fourth round. Now, yeah, they still got Gus Edwards there. Um, to me, I don't think Gus Edwards is nearly the talent that uh, Mark Ingram is. So let's re- let's go back to last season. Uh, from week 11 to 16, Gus Edwards, would, that's when Gus Edwards took over the job. Lamar Jackson was his quarterback. In PPR leagues, Gus Edwards was the number 18 running back during that time. This is with zero passing production, all right? Gus Edwards had nothing in the pass game and was still finishing number 18 in PPR leagues during that time. Um, He also only scored two touchdowns in that time because he was not their goal line back. They used Buck Allen in their goal line situations because they were a little bit fearful of Gus Edwards being, you know, a younger player and having fumbling issues, so they went with Buck Allen. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to, you know, them using a receiving back or more of a scab back in the red zone. I think Mark Ingram is going to be their red zone back because he can actually give them a, give them a receiving option and also gives them, you know, veteran reliability when it comes to fumbles. Um, so I think that Lamar, uh, I'm sorry, Mark Ingram is going to take over those red zone carries. Um, Gus Edwards last year averaged five point three yards per carry. And Mark Ingram, while that's, you know, that's, that's an insane, that's, that's a really good yards per carry average. Mark Ingram himself averaged 4.7 yards per carry. So it's not like you're, you're getting a huge dip in your yards per carry average there. Mark Ingram was, you know, coming out of Alabama, a much more talented player. I understand he's older now, but during the time last year where Gus Edwards was number 18, Mark Ingram, as the number two running back on his team was number 21 in PPR. Uh, To me, I think it's, it's no clue. No question. I think Mark Ingram has bottom number one running back upside, especially in this offense. It's going to be so run dominant. And, you know, they didn't just sign him to sit him on the bench and do nothing with him. Round two fight. Yeah, there's there's no
2: doubt that they're going to be a 500 yard or 500 carry team again. I mean, I think that, that I agree with you with, but there's four running backs on this team. There's four that are going to see carries this year, including Lamar Jackson. He's going to see two, you know, 200 possible carries if not more. If what's you know, if he plays the full 16 the way Steve broke it down in his blog, that you know, 14 carries times 16 games actually over 200 carries. I think Justice Hill sees 100 carries because I think he's going to show that much potential this year. I mean, now you're looking at under, now you're looking at about 225 to 250 carries for Mark Ingram, which is about what he handled during the court, you know, during his career when he was the steady primary back. The last couple of years, he's been splitting carries with Alvin Kamara. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's in his ninth season now, who took a less workload over the last couple seasons. I mean, I get that he is going to, that he's the number one back, that this is going to be a run heavy offense, but he's, as soon as justice Hill or even Gus Edwards, who had an incredible, you know, end of the season last year shows any kind of, any kind of progression in their run game, you know, they're not going to stick with a 32, 33 year old Mark Ingram, wherever he is 30, even 31. I mean, the average lifespan of a running back in the NFL is five years, four to five years. He's going into his ninth year. Plus he played all four years as a starter at Alabama. So to me, you know he does have touchdown upside, but he does not. You know he's he is not a uh, he's not going to be the yards guy. And you know people are drafting him very high because of the you know the system that he's in. I mean, people are basically looking at the system and saying that this this worked last year for Gus Edwards, like you put out. I mean, if it worked for Gus Edwards, it can work for anybody. But to me, there's so much other talent around him that you know he's not going to be the, the you know the ball hog that. The, you know, the, well, the bell cow that, that uh that people might think that he is. I think, it, I think there's just too much wear and tear on him. I think that he's going to fade as the season comes on, and some of these young guys are going to come in, and they're going to swipe up his carries. So, I mean, if this guy gets 200, you know, 200 carries and 50 balls, 50 catches, I think that's going to put him at a, you know, a, 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 you know, RB 12, and definitely not where
0: he's getting drafted at. So let, let me ask you this. How many carries do you think he gets?
2: I think he gets 175
0: to 200. All right, so 175 to 200. If he winds up getting 180 carries at 4.7 yards per carry, which was his, I'm going off his yards per carry, not Gus, Gus Edwards' yards per carry, which was better because the offense is more suited towards the run game. So I'll, go, I'll use his yards per carry last year. Like, that's still over 900 yards and he's going to get a lot more receiving work.
2: I I think it's eight. It's eight and and change. That's where I think he's going to end up. I mean, I think he's going to, I don't see him cracking a thousand yards. I think he's going to be in the eight and change. I think he's going to be in the seven to eight total touchdown range and some, and some catches, which is a good season. I think he's going to have a good season. Like he's had in, he's had good seasons in New Orleans, but He's going, I mean, he's strictly going from, you know, he was drafted the last couple of years, you know, obviously because Camaro was by far the person, you know, the guy that outperformed him. But he was drafted the last couple of years and you know, seventh, eighth round, and now he's jumped up to the third, fourth round huh. strictly because.
0: Last year he was missing four games and still going in like the sixth round.
1: All right, guys. <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys give me one minute of final argument of why I should pick you to win this debate (laughs) because I think it's a little bit closer than I thought it would be. And it's not just because Dan was saying about the age. I I do agree with Dan about the running backs here. I think, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to get at least, I think around 200 carries. I think, you know, I think uh, Hill is going to get some carries. I, and I do think Gus Bus is going to get some carries. So I do think everyone in this backfield is going to be touching the ball. So one minute on why you guys you know, think you should win this debate.
0: All right. So first off, I think that, you know, his touch – first off, he – the touchdowns from last year and this year aren't even going to be close. I think he's going to score more touchdowns this year than I see when I'm actually doing his projections, I'm only giving him credit for like 7 touchdowns. He scored 6 last year in 12 games. And like I said, last year, you know, uh between Buck Allen and uh what's his name? Gus Edwards, he scored like f- I think 5 or something like th- I think you know what? I'm sorry. I think it was nine. So I'm giving him, you know, I'm giving him the touchdown. I'm giving him less touchdowns than what I think is going to be credited for. And like I said, this team is just geared towards running the ball. And I don't necessarily I don't think they brought Mark Ingram in there to give Gus Edwards, you know, five, six, seven, twelve carries, you know, ten carries a game. You know, that's my
2: all right, all right, so your here's turn. here's the bottom line. Here's where it's gonna come down to it. It's basically this guy is going just a little bit behind your names like Mac and Fournette, who are going to I mean he's
0: going like a, a, around. Round. a, a half around round. to around, depending he's on where you're at. He's in like the Philip Lindsay area. Uh, like, don't, don't give me start on Philip Lindsay, we'll bash him later. <laughs> that's where that's where he's <laughs> being drafted. I mean, he's being drafted in the area of David Montgomery, Philip Lindsay, James White. Derek Henry, like that's all the running backs in the Oh, court. Derrick Henry was the other one I wanted to mention.
1: All right, Dan, real quick, guys, we got to get back on topic. So why should you win this debate? First of all, I'm, I'm
2: better looking. So, <laughs> 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 <And> so <laughs> debating myself. <laughs> all right, so back to Ingram. Basically, it just comes down to is, is he going to produce at the round that he's, getting, that he's being drafted in? And I think that if he even holds the starting role, because I think that you know, Justice Hill at some point is going to make a run at it and, and there's just too much wear and tear on his body that that uh it's just it's there's just not he's not going to 800 yards and eight carries to me and eight touchdowns is his high upside, not his low upside. And I want a guy that's going to be that if I'm drafting a guy as my RB two, I want a guy with 800 yards and eight touchdowns as his low upside, not his high upside.
1: All right, so I have made my decision, and it was actually the one minute that Kev got that gave him this. So I looked up while he was saying it. I looked it up while he was saying it, and if you look at the numbers, Alex Collins had eight touchdowns on this team. Alex Collins only played seven games with this team. So while he was the bell cow, he had eight touchdowns. If you look at uh, the other two guys that he was talking about, you look at Kenneth Dixon – Gus Edwards, I did all three. Kenneth Dixon, Gus Edwards, and Javoris Allen, they scored nine touchdowns between the three of them. So if Mark Ingram was brought in to be that goal back, like Alan Collins was before they stopped using him, his touchdowns are going to be the difference. And I do think he gets double digits. So that one goes to Kev. I don't
0: agree with it, but I like your facts. <laughs> all right. So I'll get back to the next guy that I don't like. <laughs> All right, so the next guy I don't like, I'm going to piggyback off Dan. Believe it or not, and go with Adam Thielen. Uh, Adam Thielen is a guy we talked about last year, or talked about, you know, a lot, um, at least during the wide receiver podcast, during the minute uh, when we did the the AFC uh, North podcast. You know, to me, this team is just going to be so much more geared toward running the football. Uh, Mike Zimmer wants it that way. That's why D. Filippo was fired. Um, so I think Dalvin Cook and you know, is going to be, it, the offense is going to run through Dalvin cook this year, they're probably going to use Kirk cousins a little bit more as a game manager, which I think he would really excel in. And to me, you know, you look at the end of that year when the, when the offense changed, Stefan Diggs became more, the more of the target in the offense behind Thielen. He actually had two more targets over the last half of the season. And that was with, with missing one game while Thielen played all of them. So you know, to me, I think Thielen is due for extreme regression. He's the first pick in the third round. And to me, he should be going in, the, in, you know, the fourth round easily uh, because, you know, I like Julian Edelman better than him. I like uh, T.Y. Hilton better than him. I like Stefan Diggs on his own team better than him. All guys getting drafted later than him. I think Adam Thielen is a guy that could really let you down this year.
1: All right. So you want to go with your next two, Dan? I'll or just actually, go with one. Yes, yeah, on? since we debated
2: on my on the one that uh, I was low on, we'll go with uh, someone that I'm high on. And it's, me and Kev got a lot of guys on the same list. I swear we didn't uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand. But Carson Wentz, and it's it's just the the huge huge upside. The only reason this guy is going in round eight is because of his potential uh, injury history. You know, I mean, and Steve, he's the first one to say that you don't. You can't grade guys on their past injuries. You can only grade them on their performances. And when he's out there, he performs as good, if not better, than just about every quarterback out there. You know, obviously Mahomes had a monster season last year. You know, luck, Luck's going to be in the conversation because he seems like he's back to full swing. But Carson Wentz, with the talent around him, he uh, he can absolutely win MVP. Not just this year, but every year he's on the field playing sixteen. I mean. He's, he puts this Eagles team in a position to be Super Bowl contenders every year. I mean, it's it's his his. When I watched him throw the ball, I mean, I've been to games. I've seen him put touch on it, but he just he's different. He throws. The people say, you know, when you see Aaron Rodgers throw, when you see Mahomes throw. They just they're different. They just have different arm strength and different touch. And I think Carson Wentz is he's in that he's in that conversation.
1: All right, so my guy that I dislike, my number three. Uh, no, I'll do a guy that I like first. So the guy that I like as my number three is Emmanuel Sanders. So to me it is not a question that if Emmanuel Sanders and he's he's back at practice, so it is not a question to me that if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy and going, you know, for this team, that he is the number one wide receiver for the Broncos and that's it. You know what I mean? Like I know I know people are, you know, trying to pump up everybody else there because, you know, they're scared of the Emmanuel Sanders injury, but I'm not. I think Emmanuel Sanders is the most talented wide receiver there. You know, the Achilles injury, you know, made me nervous up until I saw him running routes the other day. And now he's back to practice. And they're saying by next week, he should be full practice, which is, (laughs) you know what I mean? That makes him the number one guy there, period. So it's, it's very simple. It's as simple as that for me. Um, And the guy that I dislike uh, is Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan is my number three. Uh, we kind of talked about this when we were talking about the Falcons, uh, you know, breakdown. Matt Ryan seems to be an every other guy, every other year guy. This year, the defense got some of its pieces back, you know, that they were just decimated last year with injuries. So they were just giving up a million points to everybody. So, you know. When you're giving up a whole bunch of points to people, you're playing catch-up, you're throwing the ball out, you're trying to do things to, to come back into games. I don't think that's going to necessarily be the scenario this year. I do think that they'll have, you know, positive game script where they're you know, going to be using the run game a little more, going to be doing things like that, which are going to take away from Matt Ryan's numbers. And the thing that hurts Matt Ryan every other year is he's an every-other-year touchdown guy. You know what I mean? One year he'll have 35 touchdowns, the next year he'll have 20. You know I mean, the year after that, he'll have 37 touchdowns like he did this past year or whatever, and then he'll go down to, you know, 21. So, it's the touchdowns that kills Matt Ryan every every other year. And if he's not throwing the ball as much, he's not going to be scoring as many touchdowns. And, you know, I think that hurts him.
0: All right. So, I'm going to get into my next couple guys. Uh, first, a guy I like, Christian Kirk. Uh, Christian Kirk right now is a guy going – as the 32nd overall receiver in the seventh round um, to me, Christian Kirk has top 20 wide receiver upside without a doubt. If this offense clicks the way it's supposed to, um, you know, it's an offense. that can be very efficient. They're expected to run a ton of plays to me at this point in everybody's career. He's the most talented receiver on that team. If you watch his footwork, it is, it is really, really special. He's got special footwork, man. I'm telling you. And he has big playability. He can take a screen pass, 70 yards, or, and, you know, he can catch those quick slants, then, you know, take them up the field as well. I think Christian Kirk, to me, if this offense clicks, undoubtedly will be a top 20 receiver. And next guy, the guy I don't like is Nick Chubb. Dick Chubb right now is being drafted in the second round with pick number eight. To me, that is way too much of a risk That for a guy that halfway through the season, as you're heading into your playoff push, could potentially start splitting carries. I don't know if they brought Kareem Hunt on as trade bait. Maybe somebody loses a running back and the trade deadline comes and you want to trade for Kareem Hunt or... You know, I don't think they signed him just to sit on the bench and watch Nick Chubb run run all over the field. And to me, if they're trying to, you know, preserve Nick Chubb for the playoffs, because they are expected to be a playoff team in a lot of people's eyes, they could be preserving Nick Chubb. They could bring in Kareem Hunt to get a little bit more of the work. You just don't know what that dynamic is going to be when Kareem Hunt gets back from suspension. And to me, if you're drafting a guy in the second round, I want I – want, all assurances that that guy is going to be the man. Like he's going to be either, you know, your strong RB2 or he's your RB1 if you draft a wide receiver in the first round. And to me, if your RB1 has potential to split carries halfway through the season, to me that's just too big of a risk to take. And, you know, to me, you know, I I think he's a good player. But like I said, halfway through the season, you know, Kareem Hunt could come in there and they they start splitting carries and your playoff your playoff you know push looks shitty <laughs>
2: Well, Kev, I'm gonna piggyback off of the last thing you said and give you my uh my low guy and you know with the piggyback with the uh splitting carries and tell, the guy that I have that's that I'm real low on is uh is because this is a guy that even after they signed uh, uh theoretic it's a guy who's still is not moving from his position and there, you know, we know that he's going to be 60, 40, 55, you know, 45 with Royce Freeman. And now who knows what kind of work, you know, Ray's going to get. So I don't understand how this guy is still so high on the, on the draft board um when he really only shined for, you know, a portion of last year. So I just, I mean, to me, the value is just, it, it's bananas. It just, it, it blows my mind. How he's not dropping really in, at all. You know, I looked checked today, even, and he's really still sitting in that same same position that he's been in even before the signed break. So, not a whole lot to say about him except that I'm just really—he's—he's uh, he's someone that I would stay far away from. You'll be—you'll be highly disappointed. You could have got someone much better. Um, I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm going to give a Cowboy Amari Cooper as a guy that I'm very high on. Oh, stop right there!
0: Another debate we got ahead of us. <laughs>
1: Beep, 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 beep. we got the the kill bill music and shit <laughs> it's about to go down we got another debate
0: all, all right so, so yeah i was gonna say you like you like amari cooper ahead, i try with- to
2: give you ken uh kev's uh point of view and just say that he only had two good games and, and that'll be it that's
0: pretty not, much that's so much more <laughs> you
2: got <to> still win. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, th- you could say that 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 is the facts. I mean, I had this guy on my team. I got I tra- trained him in our league last year at some <laughs> point through the season, and and uh, and he, those two games were, were huge for me. They were, you know, they they won me they won me with those games. he just him alone. Um, but going into this year, he is he is pretty high on a lot of people's. You know, his ADP's a lot higher than what a lot of people thought it would be. You know, especially. You know, but I think it is because he's he's gonna he's gonna develop chemistry with Dak. And here's the biggest thing now: I wouldn't have picked him if it wasn't for the fact that we don't know what Zeke's gonna do. I think this skyrockets Amari through the roof when it comes to his production. Who else are they gonna go to? Who are they? Gonna, they're gonna throw the ball to Witten? Are they gonna throw the ball to Old Man? You can jump in, Kevin, if you want. I mean, I throw the ball to Randall Cobb. I mean, I think Randall might see a little bit of work, but seriously, this offense has to run around somebody, and it's going to run around Cooper. They will make play. They will throw the ball in double coverage to him if they have to because he's 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 a talent. He's the only talented guy that they have. And they, they, I mean, honestly, is Dallas going to be irrelevant now that if he doesn't play? I, I know you guys said that they're going to miss the playoffs, and I I could see them missing the playoffs. But they, Dallas is Dallas. They will be relevant, and they will score points. And someone on that team has to have a 1,300, 1,400 yard season and 11 touchdowns. And that will be Amari Cooper.
0: All right. So let's just start it off by saying, by getting the blah stuff out of there. Yes, Amari Cooper only had two big games. So he played nine games with the Dallas Cowboys. The other seven games combined, he had 56 targets, 35 catches, 328 yards, one touchdown. Seven other games that averages out to be five catches on eight targets for 47 yards and you're putting your freaking hands together praying he scores a touchdown to me this looks a lot like old amari cooper oakland raiders amari cooper like i said before he the two big games were just extremely blow up games bigger than he had in 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 you know, Oakland, you had the one game against Philly where he scored three touchdowns and then you get the Thanksgiving game where he went for a buck 80 and two touchdowns. So he had six touchdowns. However, the other five of them came in them two games. The other one touchdown was that spread out through the rest of the seven games. He's never been a wide receiver. One, never been a wide receiver. One, his highest finish was 13, um, in the, two, the year of 2016. And in that same year, Michael Crabtree was wide receiver 10, so he actually finished higher than him. That was also with Derek Carr throwing the ball. To me, Derek Carr is a much better passer than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is more of a playmaker. He can get out on bootlegs and, you know, make things happen with his legs, and, you know, that will open up opportunities for Amari Cooper. But, you know, if you're talking about a, a strictly a better passer of the ball, I think Derek Carr is a strictly a better passer of the ball. Um so, like I said, you know, he wasn't even the number one wide receiver on his own team at that point. And let's take it back to the last time Dak Prescott had a guy who was potentially supposed to be the next this blow up number one receiver. 2017, Des Bryant had 132 targets, only completed 69 of them during that time. Des was drafted as the eighth pick in the second round and finished number 22 overall in that same year. This is coming off the 2016 year. So this is 2017. Guess who was one pick later than Des Bryant? Amari Cooper. Guess where Amari Cooper finished in that year? 42. This guy has been a bust pretty much his whole career. And, you know, we've drafted him, you know, he's had opportunities where we drafted him high and he's let us down. He's proven to be a bust in the past. He's going to be a bust this year. That one I won for sure. Before, before, <laughs> before Zeke, all right, let me, let me just come back real quick. Hold on, if you want to bring I'll save that for my last minute if we have to.
2: No, well, this is because I'm, I'm basing it off of Zeke. Because before Zeke, I agree that he is a for sure, at best, he's probably a wide receiver too. You know, he's probably, with, with Zeke on the field, he's getting 110 to 125 targets. He's probably closer to 125 targets. Without Zeke, where else do they go? Zeke is 60-70% of this offense. What do they do on offense without Zeke? Somebody has to get the ball in their hands. Who is the, ne- who is the next most talented player on this team?
0: It's Dan, a Mark Cooper. Dan, you see that chair you're sitting in? defenses know the same exact fucking thing you're saying. So they're <laughs> going to just put every bit of coverage on Amari Cooper. You're not going to be able to get the ball to Amari Cooper because he's going to have two guys on him every time that Dak steps he'll back. Still, he'll still see 175
2: targets, and that will equate to 100-plus I mean, I mean, catches, which not, is 1,400 which is 1400 yards and 11, 12 touchdowns. dude. It's, dude. Through nine games last year, he had. 50- I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing you with his past. His past has not. He has been a bust. There's no doubt he has been a bust. But I'm talking I'm about strict-
0: last year. I'm talking
2: about I, last year with the cow with Dallas. I, and I brought up your own facts that he had two monster games. And besides that, he has. He's. He, I had him on my team. I remember all the 50, 60 yard games. But,
1: all right, guys, let me let me cut you off. So, you guys are going to get your one minute, <laughs> but real quick. I know you think you're winning, Kev, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at these numbers and I I think I'm siding with Dan right now. So you're going to have to make a convincing argument because I'm looking at these numbers and I know what you're saying. That, you know, with Dallas, he had some good games, some bad games. But when he last year, he had a game against the Rams, game one, didn't do shit, 2.8 points, fantasy points. Week two against Denver, who was a pretty good pass defense, 21.6 points. I mean, I understand, but it was still last year. You're bringing up last year's stats. So I'm just saying the rest of his stats, right? So last
0: year, I I know I looked that up as well.
1: Yeah, so he had two two for seventeen, terrible. Then the next week he had eight for one twenty eight and one touchdown, right? Twenty six point eight fantasy points. Then he had two points and then two weeks he didn't play. Then he got traded, didn't play you I know, mean, didn't play the bye week. Goes to Tennessee, right? 16.8 fantasy points, 13.5 fantasy points, 6.6, 38, uh, 13.6, 49.7, 8.36, and then 6.1. And then in the playoffs, he had 100 yards and a touchdown. So, my point,
0: though, like, listen to what them – you're drafting him in the third round as your – potentially as your wide receiver one. Those aren't wide receiver one numbers. He had four
1: games where he was good. No, but he's not being drafted as a number one. He's being drafted outside the top
0: 12. He's being drafted as number 13 right now. So he's a number two. If if you're drafting him in the third round, you go running back, running back. He is your wide receiver one. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's definitely possible that you, that you do that. You know, you're drafting Amari Cooper. You more than likely have gone running back, running back, and need a wide receiver in that third round. So you go Cooper. And like I said, if he's your wide receiver one on your team, He's not a good wide receiver one at all, at all. No, but, no, well, it's not, it's not, he before, he's, 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 he's the not six, three to Sean
1: Jackson. <laughs> that's it. That's, 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 that's exactly what he is. But, he is, he is but when you extrapolate player. the numbers and you look at you, you add the numbers up, he's, he's possibly going to finish the number one. He's going to have these blow up games. Like he does it every year. We all know that he does it every year. And it's the same. You can make the same argument for, for uh, uh, Brandon cooks, Brandon cooks, the same way. Brandon Cooks has games where he does absolutely nothing, then he has a game next week where he does 120 in a touchdown or two. You know I mean, like, he, he, they're basically the same Brandon player. Brandon Cooks is but, a
0: fourth-round pick about a, a round, whole round later.
1: Yeah, but he's not putting up, the, he's not putting up 49 points in a game. You know I mean, two, 10 this catches for consi- one, two seventeen and three touchdowns? Consistent, that's, that's not Brandon, Brandon Cooks.
0: Brandon Cooks has been a, consistently a top-15 player over the last three years, though. Martin Cooper has only sniffed that one time. No, I, I
1: I agree with what you're saying, but if you're using last year's number, that's a that's that's he had four games where he scored over 20 fantasy points. That's that's a lot. That's he had one game where he fucking doubled that up.
2: and, and this and this year I think he has eight games where it's over 20 fantasy points because he's going to listen, Ken. This guy, he's somebody. Somebody's got to get the ball in this offense, and he's going to see so enough targets where there there will be a hundred and. 20 130 140 catches that many catches is going to be a monster amount of yards and he will see touchdowns you're getting him in round three that is about as good of you know draft production as you're going to get
1: if he's your number two wide receiver i'm gonna i'm gonna say that he's a very you know he's a very good number that's, that's two i mean receiver.
2: if he's if he's 13th overall then he isn't then he's a then he's a wide receiver too but he's there's there, there's there's no doubt he's going to outperform many of the wide receiver ones this year because he is the only guy. He is the hand guy on that team. That te- they have to have, they have to run through somebody, and it's going to be Cooper.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think, I think. Oh
0: man, I'll I'll accept the, L. I'll accept the L. I mean, I totally disagree <laughs> with the L. But I'll, I'll well, accept- I disagree last time, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I gotta give that one to Dan. I I just. Amari Cooper with a full year with, with Dak and full offseason with Dak Prescott, you know, could have a really big season. And he's right. If Zeke does sit out for whatever 5, 6 games, there really is nobody else on that offense and they are going to move the ball because I mean, as much as we say there's nobody else, they're going to run the ball, they're going to throw the ball, you know, intermediately to 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 uh what's his name, Jason Witten and and uh I think Gallup is going to have a better well, the, season well, than he did well, last well, year. But the big are going to go to Cooper? They do the have big, the big plays
2: team. will go to Cooper. The big games will go to Cooper. He's, he's. I mean, if Ze- if Zeke steps out, I mean, even if Zeke plays, I think he's still a decent value. I don't know if he's quite round three value. I mean, this that's why I, he probably wouldn't have been. I, we wouldn't have this conversation right now. But with Zeke sitting out, he's he's. It, it's crazy how how good he can be in that round three spot.
1: Yeah, and he's. If you look at it, he's basically averaging almost nine nine targets per game so if he's getting yes. nine to ten targets that, that's going game, up to 15 a game probably you know <laughs> if he's getting nine to ten targets a game you know what i mean he he could have a good season you know what i mean he could definitely have
2: a. Good all right season. you're up steve
1: all right so i am going to go over my next two guys and i was actually going to go with no i'll save that for later I'll save that for later. All right, so my two guys are Miles Sanders on the good side. I think Miles Sanders, you know, Dan just touched on him. You know, he went to Eagles training camp today. He saw what he looked like. I've been beating the drum for this guy since March. You know what I mean? I love this kid. I think he is – he's the most to me, he's the most talented running back in this draft class. And, you know – I just think that everybody else on the Eagles is not as good as him or even close to as good as him and to me you don't run RBBC if you have a clear and away better talent that would be like putting Adrian Peterson in his prime on you know the Eagles this year and saying you know not obviously Miles is not as good as AP but when you, you know, when you have a running back that's just so far superior than everybody else on the team, running an RBBC is, is fucking completely pointless. You're literally just, you're doing it to do it, you know what I mean, which is stupid. Because he, to me, he's the best pass catcher on the team. Darren Sproles, you know, could you could have an argument with that, but Darren Sproles is 800 years old, you know. So none of the other guys are a better pass catcher than him out of the backfield. None of the guys are, are explosive as him out of the backfield to me running an RBBC. When you have a much more talented guy, makes absolutely no fucking sense. And by week four, and I wrote it in his player profile and I'm sticking, I, I haven't changed his player profile for this specific reason, I, because I do not believe that the Eagles are going to just say, we're running RBBC. Cause that's our, that's our philosophy. That's I think that's just a fucking if then if they do that, that just to me, that makes them that makes Doug Peterson a bad coach because you don't run a a scheme because that's your scheme. I mean, you run schemes for your players. Don't
0: you care? Talk about Doug P on this damn podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If if you run RBBC. He won a Super Bowl. I give you guys that. But if you run an RBBC, when you have this kind of talent. In the backfield, and you said it yourself, Dan. The fucking—I mean, the other guy on the other side that that's making an argument for being the RB one is fucking
2: fat and slow. You he know what real, I mean? Dude, he it, looked really, like, really fat. Like, he didn't look—he didn't look impressive. <laughs> I mean, he—you know what he looked like? He looked like they were going to say, "Sanders, you go and take us from twenty-two to ten, and we'll just give it to Fat Eddie to run the ball." In. I mean, that's really what it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's like,
2: all He didn't—he didn't really have any. He wasn't getting any of the work. Like he was just Carson and, and Sanders just boom, 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 plugging the ball away, plugging the ball away. I saw a little bit of sprawls in there, but he didn't get a whole lot of touches. But I, I mean, this guy's going to see the field a lot. They're exactly. Not, yeah, exactly.
1: So, so that's my, my guy that I like. And the guy that I don't like is, can anybody guess, Daryl Henderson. I, I have been also talking about this guy. I just, I don't see what everybody else sees. You know, I, I've watched a lot of his fucking NFL – his college tape, and I saw a guy who was very fast. You know what I mean? He When he gets to the outside, he's going to outrun you, and I have no doubt about that. But I also saw a guy who doesn't make cuts that NFL running backs need to make. And if you can't make those cuts, then you can't play. You know what I mean? He also is not a great blocker in the backfield. So, you know, they have him as basically – the scat back is what they're saying. They're saying they're going to use him as a fucking Chris Thompson. Like, is that the guy you? Is that the guy that you think is going to take away touches from Todd Gurley? Like, no, hell no. Come on, come on, guys. Use use common sense here. You know what I mean? Todd Gurley, if he plays all sixteen, is going to get at least seventy five percent of the touches. It, it, to me, it's not. It's not even a question. I don't. I mean like. If they use this guy as a scat back, you mean, Brown, we saw what Brown did last year. Brown got maybe two or three touches a game. It's not like he was even being used. And I do think that Todd Gurley is going to get some of his work brought back, which is why I'm saying 75%. If Todd Gurley shows that he can stay healthy and he's healthy all year, he's going to dominate touches in this backfield. And I don't give a shit about Daryl Henderson. And you guys are fucking taking him in the seventh round, and it's a mistake.
0: Let him know. All right, so next guy I like, uh, I've been preaching him all all season long. as Delaney Walker. Um, to me, I have Delaney Walker ranked as my sixth tight end overall, and he's currently being drafted as the 13th tight end in the 12th round. Um, to me, you know, the guy has been a top six tight end for the past four years, The previous four years before last year, last year he tore the ACL in the first game. But before that, he was a top-six tight end the previous four years. He had way over 100 targets all four of those years. And he's just basically been a consistent target for Marcus Mariota, who, you know, he's in that year where they got to see what they have. And, you know, to me, he knows that. And I think he's going to go to his reliable guy a little bit more than people think, obviously, because – you know, he wouldn't be going in the in the 12th round if not. So, yeah, I like Delaney Walker. And a guy that I am not so high on this year is DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore right now in PPR leagues is going with the ninth pick in the fifth round. Um, to me, you know, we talked about Curtis Samuel. Right now, Curtis Samuel is going with the seventh pick in the ninth round. I think you need to ba- like b- literally balance those two out. Both of them should kind of be seventh round picks. Because you're really, it's kind of like a Dante Pettis thing to me. Like, you really don't know what you have in these guys. Even DJ Moore, he showed extreme upside in a couple games last year, but Curtis Salmon, when he was on the field, outperformed him. So to me, you know. I'm not drafting DJ Moore in the fifth round, which is where he's being go- he's going. I'm way more likely to draft Curtis Samuel, who's on his team in the ninth round. And like I said, I think the I think the ADPs kind of need to balance out. Both of those guys need to drop down to the seventh round until we see what we have.
2: All right, uh, uh, that was your last two guys, right, Kev? No, I got two more. Uh, okay, I guess we started with me. Um, yep, my last two. Uh, we'll start with the guy that I'm highest on, uh, and it's a guy that just keeps on growing more and more interest in my brain. And the more I look at him, the more I look at his team and the more I like him. And that's, uh, that's carry on Johnson. And I think this guy is just due for, for an incredible season and an incredible career. He it, it, everything. I mean, we've talked about him a lot over the last couple of podcasts and everything out of Detroit is that he's, he's going to be the every down back. I mean, with little tiny spells here and there, he's going to be the every down back and where he's being drafted he you know the production that he's going to put up is is going to be it's 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 there's guys that you're that you're shaky on and then there's guys that you just know are going to produce and he's one of those guys where you just look at what he's done last year and you look at going forward his talent uh he you know he still has Stafford there who like you know Stafford's always going to move the ball he's been doing it for 10 years um I'm just I'm really high on on Johnson I'm excited to watch him play I think he's I think next year, I think he has such a good year that next year he's a top first or second rounder. Uh, Then the guy that I am not high on, um, haven't been high on. I just kind of didn't really speak about him too much. I just more wait and see with him in the early going. But now he, you know, with his hamstring injuries, Damian Williams, um, you know, there's no no one really aside from last year when he took over that role when Kareem Hunt got, you know, left the league, got suspended. um, He showed he showed promise, but he's been in the league for a little while. You know, I looked a lot of his stats. I looked at some of his tape, and he's he's got he's definitely got ability, but he's been bitten by the injury bug, and now he's back to the injury bug. I mean, he's got a guy Carlos Hyde who has proven to be a starting running back, waiting in the wings, you know, waiting to, to 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 grab that role if it's if it comes down to him. So, I mean, he's still being he's still being drafted high. I don't know where he's going to land come mid-August. And, you know, I guess the the leg injury, the hamstring is going to going to tell a lot about where he falls to or where if you, you know, if he is out there and they say he's good to go week one, he might not fall at all. But to me, I'm staying away from him. There's other guys that I would much rather have. Um, I think, you know what, for Damien, for Damien Williams, I think for, he reminds me a lot of the James Conner, where he is being drafted high because he's a product of his team. James Conner, we all agree that he's being drafted because he's a product of an incredible offensive line. I think Damien Williams is being drafted high because he's a product of an incredible offense overall. So, I mean, that's kind of why I picked – he's being drafted super high. Patrick Mahomes is going in the third round. That's ridiculous for a quarterback, in my opinion. I mean, some people want a quarter – you know, they, they stick to a guideline of making sure their roster fills up. They don't go – they don't have any kind of strategy like we have. But I think there's going to be some standout stars on that Kansas City team. And I think Tyree Kill and Kelsey are going to be those two stars. I don't, and these other guys are just being drafted too high for me.
1: boom all right so you want me to go, yeah, go ahead
0: i only got one guy because i already did what Co- did cooper so all
1: right so my two guys are i'm gonna start with todd Gurley. so todd Gurley is my number one guy that i like obviously uh he is a risk, and I understand that he is a risk, but to me, the risk is so worth the reward because Todd Gurley has top three running back upside, and you are getting him and he's going in in the late round two he's going i think two nine that's crazy you know what i mean to me if if Todd Gurley gets to back to anything like he looked last year, which I don't think he lost anything. You know what I mean? He had pain. He has fucking, he has arthritis in his knee. It is 100% common that when you have an ACL tear that you get some arthritis. You know what I mean? He's 24 fucking years old. Like, we're acting like this dude is 32 fucking years old and getting ready to leave the league. Like, uh, this is going to be one of those things. Watch. In six weeks, this is going to be one of those things that everybody's like, Yo, do you remember all that shit they were talking about? Fucking with Todd Gurley having a fucked up knee, and then you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I remember that shit." And then your boy's gonna be like, "Yo, this motherfucker's tearing it up. He's got like more more touchdowns than anybody in the league." And you're gonna be like, "I know. I fucking let. I just didn't. I didn't draft him, bro. I I let him go. I just didn't draft him." And then fucking everybody's going to be like. I hate all the fucking fantasy analysts who told me not to draft this motherfucker because, you know what I mean? I could have got this motherfucker in the early second round and I let him go all the way to the, you know what I mean, the end of the second. And my boy is now dominating the league because now he has fucking Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley on his team and he's just smashing us. You know what I mean? Like this happened. And I'll give you a perfect example. Two years ago, no, three years ago, I had David Johnson fucking. David Johnson and and Le'Veon Bell, right? I got him. I was the 10, I was the twelfth pick in a league. I got him twelfth pick, thirteenth. So I would you know, on the turn took both of them. Dominated that league kicked everyone's fucking ass because Le'Veon Bell was suspended for three weeks and David Johnson was, was basically coming off his rookie season that everybody was like, Oh yeah, he's going to be, he's good. He should be good, but we don't know. Fuck that. I saw potential in him, and I took those two guys and guess what? I dominated my league. I'm letting you know if you get Zeke because he's, because of his, you know, bullshit holdout and then you come around in the second round at two nine and take fucking and take Todd Gurley, you could possibly have, the one in three running back in the whole fucking league and dominate your league and win. Boom. Period. Worth the risk. 100% take it. Okay. So, my last guy, I just talked about him, and it kills me to say it, but Le'Veon Bell is my disappointing, my number one disappointing player of this season, and it is because he's a first-rounder. I just... I wish that he would drop just a little bit into the second round because I don't think he's going to be a complete bust. I do think he's going to have an okay season. I do not think he's going to be a top eight fantasy running back. I think just that offensive line is complete shit. They didn't really do anything to make that line better. I mean, they took a collection of from, from the Oakland Raiders who had his worst year, uh, you know, as a, as a guard in the NFL last year. I said this, and you know, if you guys go to fourthandinchesff.com, you'll see, you know, on the cheat codes. You know, sign up, do our VIP access. You will see on the cheat codes I talk about the Raiders offensive line and how Ocletio Sameli played his worst season last year. He was just not a good guard last year. And I don't know if that had to do something with, you know, John Gruden or, you know, what the case may be, but he was not good last year. So they didn't do anything to upgrade this line. So he has a shitty offensive line. He has a second-year quarterback with really not that many weapons to throw to. You know what I mean? I know people are talking about Jamison Crowder, who's always fucking hurt. You know what I mean? They're talking about – you know, basically all the all the wide receivers on that team, and nobody's nobody on that team is actually really any good. You know what I mean, that, that I would say is like, oh, my God, this guy is going to, you know, open it up for Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is going to be the main focus for every NFL defense. They're going to 100% try to take him away because they're not scared of anybody else. You know what I mean? And if that happens, he's not going to finish in the top eight guys. And he's being drafted as, like, the number seven running back in, in fantasy football right now. And it's just, to oh. me, that's... You know it's super scary, so you know if I could get him in the second round, I would definitely be happy with that, but taking him in the first round, I just you know i mean makes me super nervous,
0: all right, so yeah, I already talked about cooper uh when we did our debate, that was our fifth guy the you know that would have been my fifth guy I don't like um I probably should have saved d j Moore till till this round um, I wish I kind of count counted down like you did steve so that so did so the uh it wasn't you kind of made it more dramatic for me to finish this way, but I'll go with Devin Singletary as the last guy. Like Um, right now, Devin Singletary is a guy being drafted in the 12th round. Um, He's already working with the first team in Buffalo. Uh, I like that. You know, Josh Allen Allen has a little bit of mobility that obviously opens it up for, for running backs Um, to me. I think, you know, we kind of know Shady is coming towards the end of his career. It wouldn't be a surprise if he was cut or traded. And if he does play, um, there is a possibility that Shady will be hurt really quick because Shady always gets hurt. So, you know, to me, Devin Singletary going into 12th round could wind up being a running back that takes that job eventually and, you know, those are the type of players that could potentially win you your fantasy league when you're drafting guys in the 12th round to take over the job. Um, he's also three down type of back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Um, so, you know, if they decide to use Frank Gore, um, Devin Singletary will get some runs and he will see some work in the pass. He will see the work in the passing game. If, if Shady's not there um, to me, Devin Singletary's is a guy that, like I said, I think, down the road could help people win fantasy championships because come that time, I think he will be the starter on the Buffalo bills. And I love his talent. I watched a lot of film on him and he's very shifty and, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of shady. So yeah, like I said, I think Devin Singletary is a guy coming out to coming out at the end of the season. could help teams win fantasy championships. Anything uh, anybody else?
1: That is, that is it. it
0: for tonight's podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out the website at www.fourthandinchesff.com as www.the number four, T-H-N-I-N-C-H-E-S-F-F.com for a bunch of content. We got our blogs, our player profiles, our articles, and you can subscribe to our draft guide and Steve, you have an announcement. (laughs)
1: yes all right so guys uh the listener leagues uh are looking for invites so if you guys want when i post this podcast there will be the links to join the listener leagues on the podcast so when you click on the bottom you'll see three different leagues i'll give you descriptions for all three of the leagues one is a idp the idp league it's a uh, It was Dynasty. We're actually going to take the Dynasty away because, you know, I think it just prolongs it. But we'll just do a a Dynasty League, a a, a regular IDP League. Then we're going to do a 12-team Dynasty League. And we're also going to do a 12-team Redraft League. All three are PPR. So, you know, you don't have to worry about trying to figure out what the different scorings are and all that. It's all, I, you know, I mean it's, you know, I'll explain the scoring to you guys as you guys join, but it's first come first serve as soon as they fill up, you know, we're going to open up more leagues. So uh, that's something that we all can uh, play. You can play against us and see if you uh, see how well you fare. Nice.
0: All right. So there you have it guys. Uh, You know, Leave comments and leave feedback for us. And if you want to hit uh, join them leagues, you know, hit those, click on those links, and and join in. And until next time, peace out, guys. See you guys
2: later, listeners. Peace.